I'd like you to turn again to the Gospel of Luke. And we're reading this time in chapter 5. The Gospel of Luke on the fifth chapter. Reading at verse 1. Luke chapter 5 verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, that is pressed upon the Lord Jesus, to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets and he entered into one of the ships which was Simon's and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship now when he had left speaking he said unto Simon launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught and Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink when Simon Peter saw it he fell down at Jesus knees saying depart from me for I am a sinful man O Lord for he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken and so was also James and John the sons of Zebedee which were partners with Simon and Jesus said unto Simon fear not from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now further down the chapter, verse 16. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them you notice the link with verse 16 he prayed verse 17 the power of the Lord was present to heal them and behold men brought on a bed a man which was taken with a palsy and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him and when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus and when he saw their faith he said unto him man thy sins are forgiven thee and the scribes and Pharisees began to reason saying who is this which speaketh blasphemies who can forgive sins but God alone but when Jesus perceived their thoughts he answering said unto them what reason ye in your hearts 
whether it is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say rise up and walk but that you may know that the son of man hath power upon earth to forgive sins he saith unto the sick of the palsy I say unto thee arise and take up thy couch and go into thy house and immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house glorifying God and they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear saying we have seen strange things today and we are assured that God will add his blessing to the further reading of his own good word some time ago when I was studying this delightful chapter Luke's gospel chapter 5 these two stories that I have read with you very much link themselves together in my mind you notice at the beginning of the chapter we have read about a net being let down and then in the second story we have read about a bed being let down when you read the parallel passages you discover that there were four men involved in the letting down of the net there is Peter, his brother Andrew and then their partners James and John so there are four named men that are associated with the letting down of the net when you read the parallel passage to this in Mark's account in the second story you'll notice there were four men involved in the letting down of the bed therefore unnamed men but I do believe that their name is registered in heaven you'll notice with me that, that the net that was let down at the beginning of the chapter that net was let down empty but you'll notice that the bed that was let down that bed is let down full there's a man sick of the palsy upon the bed and he cannot get up but the marvellous thing is this the net that was let down empty is going to be taken up full and the bed that was let down full is going to be taken up empty for the man that came to the meeting upon the bed may I tell you conversion brings a change you know the very thing that had mastered him his bed has now become his servant and he takes up his bed and he takes it home I do trust dear child of God that we still believe that God can fill an empty net and God can empty a full bed for both these beautiful stories demonstrate to us something of the marvel of the power of Christ at work you notice at the beginning of the chapter the multitude are pressing upon the Savior to hear his word that must have been tremendous days just eager to catch a word from this man from Nazareth they'd never heard preaching like it you know they normally were used listening to these dry dreary musty sermons of the scribes and Pharisees but this was different this man's word came with power it came with a touch of heaven it came with the breath of God about it and so they're pressing upon him to hear his word and the Lord Jesus he sees two ships standing by the lake the, the fishermen were gone out of them what were they doing washing their nets 
You know, I take great encouragement from these fishermen. You know, the story tells us they had been out all night and they had caught nothing. Not a fish in the net. What are they doing? <laughs> I don't think I'd make a great fisherman now. I think if I had missed a night's sleep and worked hard all night and had absolutely nothing to show for my labours I think if I ever got the ship to the land I certainly would have got rid of the nets and maybe even thought of selling the boat but not these men after a fruitless night what are they doing? they're washing the nets what are they thinking about? They're thinking about going out again. They're thinking of another effort. I trust that will encourage hearts in this meeting. Maybe I am speaking to someone. And you say, I've been laboring hard. I've been working hard in the things of God. And I seem to have so very little to show for it. My brother, my sister, I want to encourage you. Keep the nets clean. What a drag it is if the nets are dirty. Oh, keep the nets clean. You never know when he might say. Launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a draft. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season ye shall reap. If, there's a condition there. If ye faint not. So they're washing their nets. I want you to notice that. The Lord Jesus enters into one of the ships. Belonged to Simon Peter. You know this wasn't Peter's first encounter with Christ. His first encounter was in John chapter 1. That was the day of his conversion. I tell you. It was some day when his brother Andrew found him. And brought him to the Saviour. And when the Saviour looked upon him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonas. Thou shalt be called Cephas, or Peter, which is being interpreted as stone. You know, oftentimes, the change of name denotes a change of ownership. I judge that's exactly what the Lord Jesus was teaching Simon Peter. Peter, you're under new management. You're not your own. I trust we appreciate that now. We have indeed been bought with a price. I was just thinking of that recently. As I was reading through the book of the Acts. And Paul was speaking to the centurion. Our brother was speaking about some of those centurions. He was speaking to the centurion. About his citizenship. My said Paul. I was reborn. Said the centurion, at a great price obtained I this freedom. I think every believing heart can say that in this gathering. At a great price obtained I this freedom. It cost God his son and it cost the Saviour Calvary and precious blood that he shed. We are indeed at a great expense to heaven. Never forget that. But now, it's not so much Simon. There's a change of ownership. You belong to me. I think the Saviour was teaching Peter another lesson. Simon, all you have belongs to me. 
The ship belongs to me. I trust we appreciate that. Christ has claims upon all we have. I want you to notice that Simon was happy to make his boat available to Christ. I think that's one of the most blessed things in the Christian life. Just to leave what we have, little or much that it may be. But just to leave it available for Christ to use. You know, I was thinking that Simon could have made many an excuse for not leaving his boat available. He could well have said, Lord, you understand, we have been out all night. We didn't get an hour's sleep. We're busy. We're busy washing nets. And after all, a man's not in good form, you know. If he's worked hard, and there's absolutely nothing to show for it, but he doesn't make one excuse. He leaves available to Christ what he has. You know this gospel of Luke that we've been reading from. Is a gospel that presents Christ as a perfect man. And of course a perfect man will be a dependent man. You notice that in Luke's account. It's only Luke that tells me about the Lord Jesus as a being. You not get that in Matthew. He's a young child in Matthew. You'll not get that in Mark or in John. It's the gospel of the dependent man that tells me of the Savior as a babe, dependent on on an earthly mother. Thou art he that took me out of the womb, in the language of Psalm 22. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. And it is a study in itself, just to go through this gospel. And to underline the things that the Saviour needs. He needs a boat. Chapter 9. When there's 5,000 to be fed. He'll need bread. Wasn't it good there was a lad there. That left available to Christ what he had. Chapter 19. He'll need a beast. The Lord has need of it. In chapter 22, as we have mentioned earlier, he need a building. That large upper room furnished. And the good man of the house will leave available to Christ what he has. And there the gospel ends, he need a burying place. And there's a Joseph of Arimathea will have it all ready for him. I tell you, it is a blessed thing just to leave available to the Saviour what we have and so Simon he lends his boat to Christ Saviour enters into that boat and the Saviour preaches from the boat (laughs) we were reminded earlier about Ezra you know Ezra stood up in a pulpit of wood well I couldn't help but think that every, every, every pulpit every desk in a sense should should just be like a fishing boat You know, when we stand up here to preach the gospel, what are we doing? We're putting the net out. And trying to bring the poor sinner to Christ. And in the teaching of the word of God, we're putting the net out. 
and seeking to draw the saint a little closer in affection to that blessed man but I want you to notice that Christ pays rich dividends for everything that's left available to him I just thought recently the first thing God ever took from anyone was a ribbon he took a ribbon from Adam did he compensate him? I tell you he did what a compensation he gave him the woman oh what rich dividends the saviour pays and when the preaching is over you will notice now that the Lord Jesus he's going to say to Simon oh not, not, not now just thrust out a little from the land no 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 that, that, that was the first thing wasn't it good Simon Peter was happy to do the little thing just to push out a little from the shore for, for the bigger things going to come you know I, I trust we're happy just to do the little thing for Christ that's how he tests us you know just a little from the land but now when the preaching's over what does he say launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught you notice what Peter says he says master that's an interesting word that is only a word used by Luke in the New Testament that is not the normal word for teacher or rabbi no 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 Simon didn't need any teaching about catching fish he had been at it for a lifetime but it's a word that means assessor valuator it's one of those priestly terms that are found in this lovely priestly gospel it's a word very akin to what you read of in Leviticus 24 the priest maybe it's chapter 27 the priest shall make an estimate of it you see the priest in the Old Testament wasn't a man that walked about with his head in the clouds he had his feet firmly on, on, on the ground. When a man brought along a bullock, he could run his eye over the bullock for so much. That's the valuation of it. Same with a sheep or a goat. Same with a property. He could make an estimation of it. That's the word. Said Peter to the Lord Jesus, you can make an estimation of the situation yourself. You can value this situation. We, the men that know about the fishing, we have toiled all the night. We've been out at the right time, and we know the job. We have toiled all the night, and have taken nothing. I'm glad he didn't stop there. Nevertheless, of thy word I will let down the net I want you to notice the difference from what the Lord Jesus was asking Simon Peter to do and what he was prepared to do the Lord Jesus is asking him launch out into the deep 
Let down your nets. Put every net out you have. Put them all out. Peter says, I will let down the net. Well, I can't help feel for Peter though. I never like to be too hard on him. After all, he's been out all night with the nets, didn't catch a thing, came to the shore, has his nets all washed, neatly, neatly folded up and put away. And now the Lord is saying, I want you to put them all out, out again, Peter. What's he saying? He says, I'll do it, but I'll not do it all. I wonder is there a reacto of that in some heart in his gathering? We were hearing earlier this morning about consecration. And perhaps God has been speaking to someone and giving you instruction what he wants you to do. But there is the reflection in your heart as in the heart of Peter. He's saying, Lord, I'll do it. But I won't go the whole way. I'll do it, but I won't do it all. You say, well, really... He wasn't too far out, was he? He was only out on one letter. The letter S. You say, if I got as near to things as that, I think I'd be doing pretty good. But but you see, been out on one letter is just too much now. The Apostle Paul teaches a tremendous truth in Galatians 3 and 16 in that letter S one of the great 3 and 16's in our Bible and shows the vast difference between seed and seeds I trust we appreciate that when Christ is asking for the nets he doesn't mean net I'm not going to speak about the second story save to bring in this when the Lord Jesus saw those four men lowering down that man upon the bed I like these words when Jesus saw their faith not just the faith of the man on the bed he saw the faith of the four men that brought him to the bed brought brought him on, on the bed they were absolutely convinced if we get this man to where Christ is and where the word is preached God will bless him and I just wonder as I look over this company this afternoon I wonder does God really see our faith you know there is a besetting sin amongst believers and it's called unbelief said Hebrews chapter 12 wherefore laying aside every weight anything that would impede progress that's keeping the nets clean wherefore laying aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us coming out of that great cattle 
walk of faith in Hebrews 11. We're reminded that there is a besetting sin. It dogged the children of Israel in the wilderness. It's a theme that runs throughout the letter of the Hebrews. I wonder, as God looks into my heart, does he see my faith? Or does he see my unbelief? There are only two things that the Lord Jesus marveled at when he was here. Luke chapter 7. Again, another centurion. He's concerned about his servant. But he sends a message to the Savior. You don't need to come. Speak the word only. And my servant will be healed. That man had absolutely confidence in the word of Christ. My, I read, Jesus marveled. He says, I've never seen so great faith. No, not in all Israel. The other time he marveled is in Mark chapter 6. We read of the Lord Jesus. He came into his own country. He could do there no mighty work. Save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk. Says Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. How very sad. So we see Peter. He lends his boat to Christ. But in a sense now I see him limiting Christ. I trust we never do that. We have a great God. And we have a great book. You know, Mr. E. L. Moody said to his son on one occasion, he said, son, if you're ever thinking of entering into a partnership with God, remember, make your plans big. I trust we do that now. Oh, that I could encourage you this afternoon just to make your plans big. But then I want you to notice. You will notice now. That when they let down the net. They enclosed a great multitude of fish. So that their net broke or their net was at breaking point. You, you will notice that they beckoned to their partners. To come and help them. I thought that good you know. They had partners in the work. I judge there are only two kinds of believers. There are those that are passengers. And those that are partners. And you answer for yourself. It's a sad thing just to be a passenger. It is a tremendous thing to be a partner in the work of God. They beckoned to their partners that they would come and help them. And they came and, and they filled both the ships so that they were at sinking point. I want you now to notice another thing about Peter. He has led his boat to Christ. In a sense, in his language, he's limiting Christ. <laughs> I want you now to notice Simon Peter learning of Christ, from Christ. 
I love Simon Peter. Blunders he made and mistakes he made. But the marvellous thing is this, he always learned from his mistakes. And it's a great brother and sister that learns from the mistakes of life. What did he learn? I want to suggest to you this afternoon that Simon Peter learned two of the greatest lessons an individual could ever learn in life. After this miraculous graph of fish, we have read he fell down at Jesus' knees. And he said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Fell down at Jesus' knees. What's he acknowledging? He's acknowledging the greatness of Christ. He's he's learning something else. For one goes hand in hand with the other. Not only does he learn the greatness of Christ, he learns the nothingness of self. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Let me say today, everyone in our Bible, and everyone today, that has ever been used in the work of God, has learnt these two basic lessons. God is everything, and I am nothing. If you haven't learnt it yet, I trust you'll learn it at this conference. Or some of us need to relearn it. For if you don't, I want to say to you lovingly and tenderly, if you do not learn these two basic lessons in the work of God, well, I don't know what you'd say over here, but we would say in Britain, you're just for the same old penny in 20 years' time. Maybe the same old dime you would say here. Oh, that you would learn it. You know, I thought of Moses in Exodus chapter 3. God's about to call him. Where is it? How is God going to reveal himself? He's going to reveal himself in a bush. A bush that is burning and burning and burning and never burning out. God is going to reveal himself as the great I am. The I am of the bush. What's he teaching him? Teaching Moses this. Moses, I'm just like that bush. I can give and give and give and keep on giving. And never once be diminished with my giving. I tell you what a God we have come to know. Out of his bountiful storehouse in heaven. He giveth and giveth and giveth again. Now, but you have another lesson to learn, Moses. Put your hand in, into your bosom. Throw it out. White, leprous, the snow. He has to learn, as another learnt later on in me, that is in my flesh, there dwelleth no good thing. He's just in the very place where God can use him. Wasn't it the same for Isaiah in Isaiah 6? 
as he saw the throne sitter in the year that King Uzziah died I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple you'll notice that the throne that's kingship the temple that's priesthood Uzziah he was a good king he wanted to be priest God has reserved that for his own blessed son he is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek it never had a beginning it will never know an end oh he's getting a glimpse of the greatness of the Christ and at the same breath I hear him cry woe with me for I am undone I am a man of unclean lips I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Oh, that we could learn it. God is everything. And I am just nothing. That's what Peter learned that day. She fell down at Jesus' knees. She says, depart from me. For I am a sinful man. O Lord. I say again, he was just in the very place where God could use him. The Lord Jesus is going to say to him, fear not, Simon. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. I tell you, what a, what a type of fishing he was been called to do now. So different from what he was used to, you know. You, you know, Peter was used catching fish that had life. And as soon as they were in the net and in the boat, they were dead. Oh, I tell you, what a grander type of fishing he was going out on now. He was going to catch fish that were dead. Dead in trespasses and in sin. But they were going to get life. I tell you, isn't that a grander type of fishing? My brethren have been speaking about that already. A soul here and another there. One fish here and another fish there. What a work it is. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. I want you to notice. When the Saviour called Peter. He didn't call him when he met him on the shore washing the nets. You know if the Saviour had called him then. Peter might well have said well. <laughs> I'm as well follow Christ there's nothing to this fishing business the whole thing's useless I have a fish in a net I'm as well follow the saviour no 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 let me assure you that's not the way the God of our Bible calls he fills P Peter's boat with a catch of fish the like of which he had never seen in his life fill the nets and fill the boats then he says to Peter, Peter, I want you to leave it all. And I want you to follow me. Says when he brought, when they brought the ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. He lends his boat. He limits Christ. He learns of Christ. I want you to notice he left all for Christ.
But after all, what were boots? And what were nets? And what were fish? Compared to Christ. The poet said, Show me thy face, one transiently of loveliness divine, and I shall never think or dream of other love save thine. All lesser lights will darken quite, all lower glories wane. The beautiful of earth will scarce seem beautiful again. They left all and followed him. May God bless his word.